You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, escaping from the village and bouncing your way on the 24th of November 2019. Boing. That was the bounce. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And what a very political day it is today. And our tippity-top story is the election of a new number two. Over to our election correspondent, number 999. Coming up in this podcast, the third and final volume of Big Finish's acclaimed reimagining of The Prisoner, and it's making its long-awaited escape this week. We go behind the scenes. And naturally, we delve into your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. We give you a 25% discount off a randomly selected Big Finish release. And we dramatise you with the first 15 minutes of The Prisoner, Volume 3, free for all for absolutely I'm Benji, he's Nick, and together we are the chaps from Big Finish Productions, the people who bring you the finest audio drama and audiobooks available to you to purchase on download or collector's edition CD. And some of it's free, I tell you, free! Just go to bigfinish.com, find out what we have on offer. The, yes, what was the boom boom? What was that? I don't know, was I just like falling just, down the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Doctor Who, Torchwood, Dark Shadows, Blake Seven, The Avengers, The Prisoner, Survivors, The Omega Factor, Classic, H.T. Wells, Science Fiction, Dracula, Frankenstein. Have I started doing all the titles with a slightly <laughs> different voice now? The Phantom of the Opera, not that one. Uh, there are even some triffids mm-hmm. hidden away somewhere. Uh, get back, I tell you! <laughs> you can shoot them with that little gun with the triangle. Yes, the superimposed BBC triangle. Brilliant stuff. Uh, many of you listening will, like us, be Doctor Who fans, and it won't have escaped your notice that we've just sauntered past the anniversary of Doctor Who, which is the 23rd of November. Yes. <sighs> What that a was day. yesterday. That was yesterday, yeah, what Although a day. bizarrely, tomorrow for us. Time, my friend, time. The eye of time. <laughs> um, have conversation. God, I wish I'd put a fiver. I wish <laughs> I'd put a fiver on you saying that. Every, the eye of time. Every time. Yeah, it's a, a significant fiver. day. You could have, I, I could have had a fiver. Plastic money. I only accept a 12-narg note. Um, <laughs> um, ah, ah, ah. 20, have Doctor you got any Who. significant Doctor Who 23rd of November memories? Well, I remember um, being extremely excited beyond imagining about the uh, the five Doctors being broadcast. Because I think that they broadcast that on the 23rd of November, didn't they? With Children in Need. I believe so, yes. Yeah, and I, was, I had to watch it at my uh, mate's place in Camden because I think I was... Um, what was I? I don't know. I was Scuba diving that time. day, weren't you, or something? <laughs> but I'd read, on the previous two days, I'd read the novelisation, which came out early. Why did they do yeah. that? How strange. What I, d- a, strange. I don't know whether they did it on purpose or... So you would already so you already knew what was happening, and you were sitting there thinking, they didn't include that bit, that was in the book. <laughs> did you know, more or less that, actually. And also, <laughs> I, I found some of the line deliveries incorrect. <laughs> What a pedant. Um, you know, um, it's my, my favourite one was Anthony Ainley when he says, these thunderbolts are everywhere. 
which is completely the wrong stress because the idea is he's trying to explain to the doctor that he is not causing the thunderbolts and the doctor loses um i think it's the third doctor loses confidence in the master because the master's trying to say no i'm not here to fight you i'm here to help you and the doctor's kind of thinking mm, i don't think this is true and then suddenly thunderbolts very bad thunderbolts and, <laughs> and then the doctor thinks no this is good this is it and you know and the master's meant to be saying no these thunderbolts are everywhere it's not it's not, not me, me doing it's it everywhere. they're everywhere but no they went for the close-up and Anthony only go these thunderbolts are everywhere yeah it's a stra- it is a strange but it's a, i suppose it's that said though i mean it works for his master in the sense that you can interpret it in a different way but I, yeah and that when but you it put destroys it in that, the sense of the scene if you put it's it in that context it's... it totally changes it yeah you're to- you're totally on the money there yeah it's a good story though that one I, I do like the five doctors is one of those things it's there's something very charming about it isn't there it's just sort of nice it's a fun sort of story yeah yeah wasn't it the like the, their third option or something i think terence sticks wrote it they'd asked two other people to write it or at least one other they'd asked robert holmes to write it and he turned it down <laughs> but it worked though yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely so that that's uh, that's an anniversary um memory I have. What anniversary is it of Doctor Who this year? I feel ashamed to admit be, be I don't know. It'd be the 60th, won't it? Because it was the. F- yeah, no. Sure. Yes, it would be. No, it won't be the 60th. Oh, no, no, no. I, I thought. Fuss about it. it was the 60th. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. I was just for some reason thinking to myself when you said anniversary, I, I thought that you meant it must be a significant one. Um, it's probably the Doctor. 56th, isn't it? I'll have a look. I can do this on. Um, calculator <laughs> everyone sitting at home is shouting oh well it's the 56th 56th yeah yeah I thought so there we go because I am two years older than Doctor Who well, then you should have been on it like that well I'm never sure never I sh- like these things to be double checked by someone as um, fastidious as yourself yes 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 yes, yes. Well, so it was only six years ago it was the 50th then crikey <laughs> you're a mathematical genius crikey <laughs> I remember, what were you doing on the 50th? What was I doing on the 50th? It's a very good question. What um, were you doing on the 50th of this month? Well, I remember going to see Doctor Who at the cinema. I did that. Oh, I remember, I went to the cinema to watch Doctor Who. The Day Who, of the Doctor. The Day of the Doctor, yeah, which was great. I thoroughly enjoyed a good experience. I wanted um, you to say, no, Daleks Invasion Earth, 2150 no, AD. No, no. <laughs> the Dark Dimension. Um, These doors are closed by magnetics. Oh, the cakes. Um, that's the first film. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, first film. Yeah, I think I did that, and then I went back to my friend's house and had a, a, I say a party, but it was just drinking lots of beer and talking about Doctor Who, which is pretty much what those nights are anyway. But it was nice. It was nice, you know. I don't, I don't do. Yeah. I'm not too extravagant, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about all the rain noise in the background. I don't know whether the microphone's picking up. It's absolutely chucking it down here. Yeah, how was the um, move to the rainforests anyway? How'd that all go? <laughs> it's more the rain shed, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the shed forest. I'm lucky. Our, our other shed, which I can just see through the window, which is just a general sort of garden and storage shed, that is actually leaking. But luckily, oh. this one isn't. Can you imagine me here with buckets and water dripping down? I think it. I'm not sure whether it was raining on the 50th anniversary. I remember it being very cold, though, because I was, was at the cold. XL. There was a big event at the BBC that I was doing stuff for, doing interviews of the doctors. And we were shipped over to the BFI on the South Bank by cab. And I think I went, at least I know I came back with Colin Baker and Louise Jameson. Um, but anyway, uh, um, I, 
and we went over to that awful car crash of a live broadcast thing they did with Zoe Ball. Oh gosh, that was dreadful, wasn't it? That was truly dreadful television. Yeah, it was, and they had us all there piled in, and you know, I had my ring modulator and everything because they they demanded that I was going to do um, Dalek voices. And I was sitting next to Bernard Cribbins, and I had it all set up. And he was going, oh, well, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, they didn't... Not only did they not get me to do Dalek voices, they didn't even interview me. He said, I bet you're glad you brought all that, aren't you, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon. moon. The moon. The moon. Uh, Bernard, yes. Over the moon. It's like the moon, but it's smaller. It's just a smaller moon. But the thing is, that was such a wasted opportunity anyway, because there were so many interesting people that you could talk to in that room, and it was just, you know, it was just... And we were wallpaper. Yeah, it was just wallpaper whilst Zoe Ball walked around sort of pretending to know what she was talking about dreadful dreadful business i remember her being very nice oh zoe like ball yeah she's she's got a good reputation i've met her dad michael ball he's nice as well that's johnny johnny ball johnny ball that. that's it too whatever his michael name Ball's is Ball's the singer oh yes so he is i meant johnny ball i meant johnny ball <laughs> so so much i care about the family really i think michael ball's more or less the same age as zoe ball actually i would say <laughs> I don't know it's just you know there's only a certain amount of people with ball as a surname aren't there really oh my goodness this rain oh dear oh dear just see noah's ark going past in a minute uh, <laughs> some kind of weird time travel thing um but yes and i remember um we we were uh what was it was it what was special about that special was it it wasn't in 3d was it yeah no, it was in 3d was, i've got it on 3d blu-ray actually yeah what the the day of the doctor yeah was it really yeah 100 percent. because I, I got a 3d tv over here which i bought right at the time when 3d was apparently going to be everything and i've got i've got the 3d version of it it's very good very good well i the funny thing was we thought we were going to the bfi to see the 3d version but what happened after the zoe ball thing they siphoned us off into two um queues and anyone who wasn't Doctor Who got put in a different um, screening room. We thought, oh, this is all very special and everything. But it was basically all the companions, all the supporting people. And we were all put in this room and watched it in 2D, whereas the doctors were taken to watch it <laughs> in, in 3D. I mean, it made us feel so loved. And they probably <laughs> fell asleep anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we thought, oh, right. As it started, we were all like, right. So we've been put in a special room to get the not special version we're the skivvies (laughs) oh i feel great now but it was great to watch it i remember being particularly moved when tom baker appeared best bit of it the best bit they kept that lovely secret as well yes it was fab it was a it was a very except tom started telling people on the day before of course he did he just got fed up with keeping it secret (laughs) (laughs) it was very it was very good though very good yeah, any other anniversary? Oh, well, of course, I remember the tenth anniversary and uh, the the three doctors. Oh yeah, was it was that necessarily a big thing? Like at the time, like I know that they did it, but like it sort of seems strange that I don't know because I I just sort of don't think of Doctor Who being a big big deal at the time, even though it was. Well, that's a really interesting point you make there because I think it was a big deal, but. I don't know, somehow we've made more fuss of it since it came back in 2005. 
um, you know, a Russell T. Davis's reimagining sort of made it more respectable and mainstream. Um, that said, I mean, it got a Radio Times cover and there was a lot of sort of hoo-ha about it. But also, for me, it goes through the filter of, in my household, Doctor Who was very much looked down upon and was very much a thing, a sort of nasty little habit that I had that my parents were <laughs> desperate to break me of. I mean, and they, they, had, they just thought Doctor Who was rubbish. You know, they would occasionally watch it and they'd sit there and go, God did, oh no. <laughs> you know, which was just utterly heartbreaking. Um, but so it was, I think it was, so I felt like, you know, the world wasn't so interconnected in those days. And I, certainly then I was not aware that any other Doctor Who fans existed. I thought I was the only one. And so, can, I mean, you know, for younger fans listening, can you imagine that? To be a Doctor Who fan and to think that no one else liked it. And it was sort of like bizarre to you that it was actually on the television. You liked it, but nobody else did, you know. Well, I, I can Everyone remember that was growing up as well. to change the channel, you know. I can remember growing up with it not being on the television and, um, yeah. and liking it for all these sort of old VHSs. And people saying, you know... What, why do you like this program that your mum and dad liked so much? You know, as if, as if everybody's parents yeah, watched it. Yeah, that must it. have been really. Yeah, it was. Weird. It was really weird. It was, and it was only the dawn of the internet, where, goodness me, you know, internet forums and swapping email addresses that is suddenly became. You know, you talk to these, and I'm still in touch with the same people that I talked to all those years ago. You know, back then. So I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it interconnected is the right world you know word the world has gone that way now hasn't it really it's different well in a good way it makes you aware of other people who are like you i suppose Definitely. or have similar interests and uh, but i yeah i i've <laughs> so you know imagine in in, in uh, 1974 late 73 74 i met another doctor who fan his name was nicholas layton and I, we just, and neither of us admitted it to start with. We spoke about Hawaii Five O first, <laughs> uh, but then when I realised he was a proper Doctor Who fan like me, well, goodness me, that was, um, you know, we we were friends for years and years and years. Um, so that was incredible. And we used to Doctor Who was a, although we mostly watched it at our separate houses we would meet afterwards and listen to the audio <laughs> recording we'd made and go over it again and again and discuss every little bit of it which is why there's a certain chunk of Doctor Who that I kind of know inside the out. sound <laughs> of inside out because you know, play it back rewind it that bit there why is it that's happening there you think, oh god have we forgotten already what's <laughs> happened this terror that you would forget this precious thing that you had only the sound of to, to refer to was weird it was, was like being spies bit really it was like spying on doctor <laughs> who you know? whereas you know now it's it's and thank goodness you you know i mean obviously you were doing it for the things that do exist but thank goodness other people out there were doing the same and and captured recordings of um of lost stories really well yeah people older than me who were recording it much earlier on yeah thank goodness for them they did um sterling work didn't they but no, I, I think it's, you know, Doctor Who is such a special... Th it is such a special thing, and it's... I mean, interestingly enough, actually, you've just reminded me, when you said about, you know, when Russell brought it back, it gave the show credibility um, again. And, you know, something that really interested me was there was this book that um, I, I got from... Where did I get it from? 
the eye of time, brother. I had to pick, I had to, I had to pick my sister up from um, from a club, and they had like a free book library. So I just took a book back just because mm. it was about how, the value of things. Because I wanted to see how much my cuckoo clock would be. Long, long drawn out affair. <laughs> but um, but um, anyway, um, I inherited the cuckoo clock. Um, but we I, need I was, to hear more about the cuckoo clock. Good cuckoo clock. Um, but in the book, that's enough. Um, yes. It was. It had Daleks and Doctor Who and sci-fi memorabilia, and right. um, and it valued the price of a full-size Dalek at five hundred pounds. Five hundred pounds. I thought to myself, five hundred pounds. I thought, surely not. When was this? When was this book made? Because this book can't can't be new. And I looked, and it was two thousand and three. I think it was. Right. And I thought, there we go. I thought that's why that Dalek is at five hundred pounds because. Obviously, when it came, because now you buy a brand new Dalek, you're looking at about, you know, three thousand five hundred odd quid, aren't you? On eBay, well, that's just you, for the labour and parts, uh, mate. Oh it? no, straight away. No, that's without the ray gun, sucker arm, you know, the mad uh, schemes, death and destruction, uh, plus the rubber yeah, bumper, yeah, yeah. you know. Rubber um, bumper. Yeah, but I thought, bumper, what a price bumper, increase! Bumper. You know, it's like you just gave it that boost again, didn't it? Really? Mm. Yeah. Suddenly, yeah. your target novels are worth. Uh, you're sitting on a gold mine. Yeah, I looked that up. That's not true, actually, because I found a load of Target novels recently in my mum's uh, loft. Well, they're mine. They're not hers, obviously, uh, including the much-fabled Wheel in Space That's mm-hmm. you know, no one can find. I've got a pristine copy of that. And uh, my wife looked it up. I said, you know, this, we could make a bit of money out of this. <sighs> it's like five ninety nine. she said. I went, oh, God. <laughs> Case, anyway, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, if it was like a thousand pounds each, I might think of selling them. But really, I I have a big emotional connection with them that obviously can be totally dissipated by money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very emotionally connected to this. A million pounds? Oh well, you can have it. Yeah, yeah go on then. I'll throw in this gourd as well. Um, <laughs> you know the reference. Well, I suppose on this on this bombshell, we should uh, look at the reviews and get the wheels rolling on this oh, podcast. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. So this week we're talking about Doctor Who short trips. The second oldest question from Big Finish Productions. You stand accused of civil disobedience, theft, and arson. How do you plead? Doctor Who short trips. The second oldest question. I'm the doctor, travelling barrister at law. Bennett took his position in front of the judge. Before I start, Your Honour, I would just like to ask something of my opponent here. He rounded on the doctor, smirking, eyebrows raised. You call yourself the doctor. So which are you? He jabbed. A lawyer or a doctor? The doctor looked across the square towards Nyssa and flashed her a mischievous grin. He detected her confusion and it tickled him greatly. He swiftly dashed towards her and whispered conspiratorially, I'm about to reveal to you the answer to the second oldest question in the universe. Big finish. We love stories. And who review dot wordpress.com that's who review with a zero Hello. so the O in It's interesting the review here. It says quirky and unique. This is a great big finish debut for Carrie Thompson, who's a writer, I believe, and a wonderful showcase of Sarah Sutton's acting talent. 
recommended. Mm, well, bigbluepodcast.co.uk says, The second oldest question is another successful release for the Short Trips audio range. Another welcome addition to the Fifth Doctor's era. IndieMacUser.co.uk says, Make no buts about it. Mm, is that a phrase? <laughs> Certainly isn't it? Second... Second oldest question has to be the single strangest short trip ever released in the <coughs> in the cough medicine world, in the range, and perhaps even one of the strangest Doctor Who stories ever created. I should mention here that a virus is trying to get me at the moment. Um, if you are hoping for a more serious answer to what the story presents on the surface, you might walk away from it a tad disappointed but if you are able to place those expectations aside just put them here in a drawer yeah, shove them over there yeah, that'll do yeah. you'll find one of the funniest and most creative pieces of writing we've had with the Doctor Who story in quite a long time well, coltbox.co.uk says Carrie Thompson's story is beautifully descriptive and mm. tackles a wonderfully daft premise as only Doctor Who can. <laughs> Sarah Sutton provides a spirited narration and provides an entertaining range of voices to populate the court. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Sound designer Richard Fox sets the scene well and offers a suitably enthusiastic crowd, as well as the specific vocalisations of the defendant herself. It's intriguing, isn't it? And on the Twitter sphere, at Jenkins 100 Rose says, Hashtag Doctor Who short trips, the second oldest question from hashtag Big Finish. I really enjoyed this. And a laughy emoji. Oh, so, love a laughy face. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week we'll be talking about Ravenous 4. So there we go. That's the reviews. Ooze. <laughs> Ooze. Ooze. Ooh, there's ooze everywhere. Uh, time now for listeners' emails. Well, emails, emails, emails. As you're listening now, the Doctor Who anniversary has passed. But the beautiful thing about emails is they're like an anniversary every day. When you get oh. one, it's like, oh, another, another Congratulations. one. Congratulations. Oh, excellent and if you want to email us it's very simple because we love to hear from you you just send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com the word podcast at bigfinish.com and as well as that of course if you want to email our lord and master the chairman of big finish uh, jason haig ellery um, make sure that you put the subject as ask jason and uh, it's, a, it's an opportunity for you to really ask a direct question to the guy at the top of the table and uh, find out things that you might want to know. Things that uh, might yeah. be cooking, you never know. Queries, questions, who knows? I have to say, so far we've had quite a few aggressive emails. Why aren't they on cassettes anymore? I don't know, I don't know what I've unleashed. <laughs> I saw you speeding on the M25. Don't say I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't in the country at that time. Oh, must 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 have been some other bloke in a in a in a Ford Fiesta. All right, never mind. Um, <laughs> the idea of Jason, of Jason in a Ford, a Ford Fiesta, Fiesta <laughs> is uh, quite remarkable. So now I could see him in a Mark One, uh, you know, like a cla like a classic, like a classic. It'd be like nice a to, we should. One of the questions we should ask him is, what was your first car? It's a good question. That is a good. I feel like he's told me this before for some reason, but maybe I can't remember what the answer is. But I feel like we've had this conversation before. Do you don't drive? Do you? I don't drive. No. 
Yeah. So I don't, you haven't got a first car. Well, I, I bought a car when I was learning to drive, but then I didn't. My, my Seems f- a bit extreme. Well, yeah. Well, it was it was offered to me. It was just it was a Mini Cooper, but it needed a lot oh, of work. Lovely. It needed a lot of work doing to it. So I kind of thought, well, was it a self-preservation society? society? It was very nice, old, uh, uh, green Italian uh, special a special edition one. So I thought, whilst whilst I was learning, that I could like do it up a little bit and fix the bits yeah. and bobs and that. But um, subsequently, I worked out that um, it was a complete waste of time then to drive because it's so expensive and I've got nowhere I really want to go. And and so now... Just get the train. Get the one now. I I thoroughly enjoy it because if I want to get anywhere, okay, it's a bit of a hassle going to the station. But but it keeps you active and walking. And I love it. I love one of my favourite things is walking and listening to things. So actually feel like it's okay and most of my journey is stopped by the pub anyway so it's like well I wouldn't be able to do that in the car so <laughs> no that's true you know, you know no. it's best well, of both I think worlds. that's a very spirited defense of not driving I, I ended up I think I passed my test when I was in my mid-20s and my mother was sort of um, hassling me about it because she said uh, you it'll get you work she said and it's true once I'd learned to drive because you know things weren't going so well on the acting front I I earned a, you know a fairly good living uh, driving um you know vans and and uh, and even those lorries that are just under the htv limits oh and yeah quite a lot of driving for production companies so it was quite useful actually and then of course i i went on a theater tour and um and then that's when i bought my first car which was a ford sierra oh that's a good car nice car well, that's all right, you know. Well, it's good. It's a good, stable, you know, solid car. That one, mate. You know, you can go a few miles on that. Yeah. But I think that I think that the key to driving anyway. I think the key to it is it's if the you, steering wheel. If you is is the steering wheel and the gear stick. If you have if you have a need to drive, then then it's fine. But I just thought to myself, well, I'm I'm you know I'm wasting this time. I mean, I I think the real thing that put me off was my first. Yes. I failed my my when I did the test. I failed yes. it right in the last. Yes, that fi- would put you off. In yes. the last five minutes, for hesitating, and I say hesitating, but it was at a junction, and I just decided that I thought oh, I'll hang back it's a little bit. It's always at a junction, mate. And I thought I'll hang back a little bit. And she said, if you had, if you'd have hang, like she said, if you'd have gone maybe a, like you know half a second or a second before you did in the end, you would have passed it. I thought, oh, that's not fair. I thought, come on. I thought, there's, you know. I'm just being safe at the end of the day. I'm not hanging back for five minutes. It really irritated no. me, and I'm very much like that. I thought, right, can't be asked anymore. Doing something else. <laughs> Going to invest but this it's money. True. In. That's, I, fail, I failed on a junction on my oh, first test. Tedious. Yeah, they they really get you. They don't want you hanging around in the wrong place on the road because that's when someone can hit you. Yeah, you I, I mean, you know, they do they do it for a reason. But yes. I and I, but do you know what? I don't regret it's it. Very sensible, isn't it? Very sensible. I don't regret it because it's quite nice not having to pay that. I, I've just I've used what everybody else is spending money on car insurance. I'm buying fun things and the things. I to be honest, I'm just investing things I need, which is much nicer. Yes, you're yes. absolutely right. Yes. They are very expensive, and I avoid driving at all costs. That said, if I'm in a car, I'd rather be driving it than be the passenger. Yeah, I think I, I, I think find, that's a I find very being fair. Being a passenger thing. of a car, I, I suffer a bit from travel sickness. So, but I have discovered that um, those tablets, that uh, anti-travel sickness tablets, actually do work. Joyrides. So, what? They used to, they used to take ones called joyrides back in the nineties. <laughs> 
I, remember I the, think that's something else. That <laughs> remember sounds the, illegal remember the packet it had a smiley aeroplane on it and a smiley car. Oh. Well, when I was young, they were called quells. But I oh, went yeah. into a chemist shop and asked for quells, and it, it was like I had spoken some Elizabethan English to them. You Did know. you ask for some Pepto Bismol as well? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's something for your stomach, isn't it? Oh, there we go. Joyride. I'm just looking at the packet now. That's so, so sweet. Little smiley car, smiley boat, smiley plane, and a smiley train. Ugh. Oh, very nice. There will be some emails coming up in a moment, but I just wanted to say that you know. Um, when I'm going on a long journey and someone's driving me, I I take a quill. And then I'm absolutely because, you know, I, I because I regard time in a car as wasted time because I can't do any work. Um, but if I can look at my computer and not feel sick, which I do normally in a car, um, if I haven't taken a, a quell or whatever you call them these days, Pepto-Bismol, <laughs> no. um, a tincture, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I will be dri- being driven to Port Marion, I think, in April to go to a six of one prisoner, um, which is slightly on topic. I must stop myself speaking on topic. Um, uh, <laughs> convention. Um, I will take a quell for that so that I can do some work. The last time I was driven to Port Marion, I, um, I was able to work because I'd taken a quell. How interesting is this on a scale of one to ten? I don't know. It's quite interesting. You know, I I'll give it a, name a number. Give it a solid seven. Wow. You know, so I'm interested by it because you know I I can't read in the car, um, which is why. So no. I always take on take the position. Take a quell. Take a quell. Take a smiley face or whatever it is. Take a have a joyride. Um, joyride. But I, you know, I um. I always take on the designated DJ position, which is a much oh, yeah. more fun task. You know, that's, no, that's, that's brilliant. You are brilliant at that, having driven with you a number of times. That's, yes. you know, you, you study the person, you know what they like, and you put it on. That's the key. That's the key. You are fantastic company in a van going to Derby. Oh, it's it was it, good fun, isn't and, it? Good fun. And even back again with the dreadful traffic. Ugh, yeah, that that was pretty grim, wasn't it? I'm not doing it again because of that. I'm not putting up with that. I've said I've said no, get a courier. I remember my my favorite bit was us coming off a coming up off a roundabout and you saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm a bit peckish actually. I could I could probably probably stop for some food soon." Then we drive we drive down on what like a minute down the road and then there's just the most abysmal traffic for miles. <laughs> We're both just there like right. Great. Great. Anyway, I'll, I'll get onto your emails now because uh, oh, uh, this yes, is the travel yes, podcast. That, what... <laughs> um, there are currently uh, there is congestion on the M1 junctions 15 to 19. Um, no, this is the Big Finish podcast. Hi, Nick <laughs> and Benji. This one here from Mark Bennett. Uh, hope you're both well. Bit of a yes. nitpicky question for you. Oh, now okay. that you have quite a few Fifth Doctor stories, apparently set between the Visitation and Black Orchid, do you <laughs> have any plans to record a story that expl- explicitly retcons the dialogue at the start of Black Orchid about what we've just done to London? Uh, as that can no longer be the Pudding Lane instant, but this mm-hmm. still has to be something of a fixed point in history. Um, that would have happened whether we'd been there or not, uh, the Doctor says. Um, you have an opportunity, or obligation, uh, to do another London-based story that ticks these boxes. It needn't be of historical, of course, uh, just something where there's a certain inevitability to some aspect of the events our Season 19 regulars get caught up in. 
If it's a case of no plans or just imagine, I suppose we'll have to assume that there's been some off-screen London adventure that happened sometime after the Serpent in the Silver Mask and immediately prior to Team TARDIS's arrival at Cranley Hall. But it would be good to have that particular loose end tied up if possible. One less continuity issue to obsess over. Many thanks, best wishes, Mark Bennett. Well, Mark, I'm afraid it's a just imagine. Um, I just, I'm not entirely sure that we haven't done that in some form or other, but I bet you know better. I have to say that, obviously, continuity is important to me in the sense of... I don't want someone to say the Daleks are, in fact, from... Um, Tesco's. Brighton. Yeah, <laughs> Tesco's in Brighton. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, rather than Scaro, you know. Um, but, uh, I, you know... I think I like to leave things open uh, so that everything's not battened down, you know, so you can't fit stories in. I don't like to do things that limit possibilities. That's not to say I want everything to carry on forever and ever and ever. um, But I just I just find it anti-creative to. um, But that's a bit of an outrageous thing to say, I suppose, because I would say that the vast majority of our listeners are really quite preoccupied with the order in which stories go. Um, it, it may be an appalling admission but that largely doesn't bother me and I'm not sure why not because it used to bother me a lot but it doesn't bother me anymore anyway here's one from JK Hauser dear Mr Briggs and Mr Clifford I would like to give my most sincere thanks to the pair of fantastic gentlemen you are <laughs> thank you and the entire team at Big Finish for all your wonderful work bringing the most divine ambrosia to the ear things of loyal listening fans across the cosmos For a moment, I thought it had stopped raining, but it started again. Um, It has been an utter pleasure to enjoy your unique podcastery via two fabulous ongoing channels of sheer splendour. Here's, of course, referring also to the Benji and Nick show that Benji and I do, where we talk about cult TV. Mm -hmm. Just type it into your internet webatron and you'll probably find us. Releases this year have been a non-stop trip of joy, excitement, terror and unabashed awe. As an art student deeply embroiled in my work, it is a sincere pleasure to indulge in such vibrant audio artistry while doing so. The podcast has been a fond getaway for me, with a joyous insight to the company. In regards to the question of featuring steam locomotives in more productions, I have three... uh, (laughs) I have a three-syllable answer. Please, yes. Oh. All-Consuming Fire and The Necropolis Express come to mind as examples where the titans of the rails prove themselves perfect for the audio media uh, additionally i like no doubt many other i like no doubt many others have enjoyed your ongoing impressions of peter cushing's severely underrated incarnation of doctor who yes attack I would the simply, daleks <laughs> this order simply, cannot be countermanded <laughs> Attack the cakes! Uh, I, I would simply love to see this incarnation appear in an official production, as unlikely as this may be. Perhaps an unbound short trip? Yeah, well, who knows? Doctor Who knows. Hi, I'm Doctor Who. Uh, please forgive my impertinence in the previous questions. How 
dare you, sir? And I must once again thank you most sincerely for all the wonderful stories you two and all the other magnificent people who make Big Finish the sublime success it ultimately is. Sincerely, a most grateful and loyal fan, J.K. Hauser, the Dark Mausoleum, Ying Tong Idle I Po. <laughs> I get the reference Goonsha. there, the goons, yeah. Hmm, okay. Um, yes, thank you. That was a, a most elegantly written uh, email. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Tuning in to, uh, to our, our you know, podcast vocabulary, talking about ear things and podcastery. Uh, I note your enthusiasm, Mr. Hauser. Well, just imagine on all those fronts, eh? Just imagine. <laughs> and finally, this one here from Adam Graham. Dear Nick and Benji. And mm. Steve and John and... No, just us two. And Harold. Um, and Harold. Oh, dear Harold. Alas, we Harold knew him well. be thy name. Yes. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy your recap of the fourth Doctor Adventures for Octom Baker. Um, whilst I'd heard them all, it was fun to remember the stories I loved and a few others as well. However, I did want to express... Um, I did want to address one omission. Nick said that he didn't know anything about the two-parter paradox planet and legacy of death as he didn't direct it in my opinion this two-parter is perhaps jonathan morris's best doctor who work it tells the story of the planet's present and its future going to war as inhabitants from the future are going back in time after those in the present ruined the planet it's a thought-provoking uh, story that still has its humorous moments i, I would say that obviously i did read it so I did know something about it, but having not directed it and gone through all the post-production, it's um, I don't recall that much of it. But thank you for that refresher. I did also want to congratulate Nick on Space 1999 Breakaway. I never saw the original series growing up, so I had no nostalgia for the series. And Breakaway blew me away. Acting, writing, and music and sound design all drew me in. I drew in, blew me away. It's all very confusing. I had bought the download for myself, but then bought a physical copy for a relative for Christmas because I think he'll enjoy it as well. Oh, it's the good. first non-Doctor Who release among my top ten big finish stories this year. Wow. Though there may be a second as I've finished listening to the second episode of Transference. Oh, just finished listening to that. Lovely. As to your litany questions, I'll answer two, as that's all I can remember without taking more copious notes. Suggestion. Next time you list questions, you want answers from the listeners, say, answer, answer, whilst doing a Dalek voice. I mean, why not? Answer! <laughs> answer that. What's the answer that question? Um, I was in... What's that one from? Isn't that in um, uh, The Dead Planet, isn't it? When soon, yeah, I think so. I think they say answer that question. I think they do when they're sort of answer that question. I might be totally wrong. I might have made it up in Benji's made-up version. Of answer it. the question. The question. No. Oh, okay, fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just a query. Uh, my favourite Doctor is Tom Baker. I love the eccentricity of his Doctor, as well as his adaptability to the different stories told under the very different production teams during his seven seasons on the air. His run, such a golden age for the series. Hmm? 
As to a TV series that I would love to hear you do, that's a tough one. Mm. I could think of many shows, but they'd be too American and too impossible to obtain rights-wise. One I think might work is The Last Detective, a series starring Peter Davison as Constable Dangerous Davies. It's a very good series, and since Davison already works with Big Finish and his role as the Fifth Doctor would probably give a greater fan base for an audio series. At any rate, keep up the great work, or good work, he says there, I'm just making it sound better. Uh, Adam Graham, <laughs> sent from the apartment of Dangerous Davies' annoying friend. <laughs> like it, like it. Yes, I mean, the trouble is with a thing like The Last Detective is that it is um, part of a sort of mystery thriller and crime genre. And although we've made... Sem- and, and that, I have to tell you, is the most popular genre, fiction-wise, of anything... And yet, when we do stuff like that, we don't seem to be able to find the audience. And I think it's because BigFinish.com is known by Doctor Who fans, and we've yet to be known by other uh, people. So it's a difficult one, that. Mm. But I would love us to do lots more crime thriller stuff, because people love crime thriller. Not necessarily Doctor Who fans love it. I I think uh, a proportion of Doctor Who fans love it, and we do indeed sell stuff like Callum and the Avengers to them. But... um, yeah, we need to we need to find that market. If anyone's got an idea, just let me know, could you? Um, <laughs> that's it for this week's emails. There'll be more along next week. Please do keep sending them to podcast at bigfinish.com. We love reading them and it gives us a real insight into what you like and don't like, etc. And also gives us a bit of a laugh. Don't forget to send in your questions for our chairman, Jason Hay Gallery, and title your email, Ask Jason. So far, there have been aggressive, thorny and humorous questions. Which will yours be? This week sees the release of The Prisoner Volume 3. It's the final instalment of Big Finish's acclaimed reimagining of the cult 60s TV series. Nick oh. there looking like a looking like a, a balloon. Are you holding your breath or something? Yes, I was trying not to breathe out. (laughs) We've already had uh, two great reviews, one from Six of One, the Prisoner Appreciation Society, uh, and one from the Unmutual, the world's biggest prisoner website. Six six of One say, Nick Briggs has once again come up trumps with the last instalment of his Prisoner audio drama series. And the Unmutual say, Big Finish's Series 3 of The Prisoner is the zenith of its output. Wow, those are nice reviews. In a moment, we'll hear from the cast, but first, Nick, take us through some of the unexpected things that we can expect in this final series. Well, if they're unexpected, you can't expect them. True, true. Yeah. I like it, like it. Clever, clever. Very clever, very clever. Yes, it's very clever. Now shut up and get on with it, Briggs. Okay. Well, I mean... um, the thing that uh, you may have gathered it's more of a serial this time you know it's not four Frosties. it is four separate episodes uh, it's uh, cornflakes uh, but it, it you know the story goes across all four episodes uh, the ending is not like the ending in the original TV series um, the first two episodes are loosely based on episodes from the TV series free for all uh, which seems 
you know, incredibly, I had no idea when I decided to adapt Free For All that the release would be coming out during a general election campaign in Britain. <laughs> classic, um, classic. And, and Free For All is all about a general election in the village, an election for the post of number two, who runs the village. Uh, the Girl Who Was Death is the second episode. Now, of course, you may remember, or you may not, but I'm going to tell you now, in the original <laughs> series, The Girl Who Was Death was an entirely made-up story that the, the prisoner made up when he was telling to children. Because number two thought if he put him in with the children to tell them a uh, bedtime story, he might drop his guard, divulge and tell them some things. Yeah, but instead he just makes up this ridiculous story about a, a crackers woman who's like a sort of a mad assassin. And uh, so I've taken that, but sort of put it in the real world and mm. with uh, alarming consequences, perhaps. Um, so yes, and it, then it leads to a sort of two-part finale, which is uh, all connected to uh, uh, Professor Jakob Seltzman, um, yeah, uh, who was in uh, "Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Darling," the original uh, series episode that was only got made because uh, Patrick McGowan was off filming Ice Station Zebra, so they had to do an episode in which he didn't feature. So they did a mind swap thing. So. You know, even though many prisoner fans have dodgy feelings about that episode, because uh, some of them feel that it's not. Um, what's the word? Um, uh, I was going to say canon. I don't know whether that's right, but because it's it was a makeshift episode, it was made be because of um, awkward circumstances. But you know, I found some interesting possibilities in there, and it sort of forms the basis of my theory about the prisoner. Anyway, here's a little. Um, package as we like to call it in the podcast industry of stuff that went on behind the scenes uh, in the prisoner volume three hello it is the 9th of august friday and that was me getting a text from someone wow hmm. it's asking me to share wi-fi password for staff with emma haig who happens to be sitting next to me who's the producer of uh, the Prisoner series today. Hello, Emma. Hello. You you haven't been here all week. I know. I'm. I'm. A, it's, it's lacking. <laughs> but you did do all the <laughs> cast and script stuff, so you know, you have you have done lots of important work to I make this happen. That <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> it sounds like I'm someone's pet. <laughs> oh, no, no, I know. A fed crew is a happy crew. That's for sure. Um, so what we're doing today mostly is uh, 3.4, No One Will Know, the final episode. Ready, Danvers? Uh, ready, sir. Switch the light off and run the film. Sir. And please try not to bob around in front of the screen. Barnaby Edwards, day four, the final day. Oh, can't you write longer ones so that we can just do it forever? So, Mark Elstom, day four, final day. Day four, last day. Um, we ended with a with a assorted wild tracks cool. of uh, of uh, of people who've been in a car crash. <laughs> I'm I'm choosing not to read anything into that. <laughs> it's a review. It's a review. Yes. Lucy Briggs Owen. Hello, Lucy Briggs. <laughs> day four. Day four. Final day. Yes. I I particularly loved Herr Muller. From Mr. Barnaby. You're most welcome, gentlemen. I hope you find your cousin. Auf Wiedersehen. Be seeing you. <laughs> uh, I think he, I, that guy is so brilliant. And also Mark suddenly at the drop of that had to be an officer and was an incredible um, gruff Geordie. 
Yeah, yeah. 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 Blair McCready, final day. So final day, the day where it all came together for Potter. I just loved the layers and layers of confusion. Jim Bartley, final day. Yes. Yes, hugely enjoyable. Oh yeah, great! I love the Royal Track, and I love the um, the uh, anything like that where you you can tell as a professional actor if there are five A's in an R, then you go let's say ah, you know that's that's just what you need. So very well written, Nick. As far as that was concerned, you know. <laughs> all those A's were very well written. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Good no. guide for an actor. Yes, thank you. Kudos to you. you you've absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think you've ticked all the boxes here. Oh, thank you. It's like trying to explain 2001. You know, yeah. you can't... You, you, you don't try. <laughs> what do you think this ending means to you, anyway? Uh, it's quite... Um, it means that you can't always explain everything in life. Um, I... Uh, I uh, would like to take this opportunity to publicly thank you, Nick, for casting me in this gift of a part and for writing such fantastic scripts, 12 fantastic scripts, um, and being a fantastic director oh, and making for such a wonderful and easy working atmosphere oh. for everybody, not just me. Thank you. Well, and, and uh, thank you to you. Yes, thanks to me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and it's all thanks to you. <laughs> Thank you for being such a brilliant number six. So unless I'm horribly mistaken, that is, in fact, the last bit of recording. Ooh, so well done. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bad, funny week, yeah? Thank you. And all you have to do to get on board with The Prisoner is go to bigfinish.com and type The Prisoner into the search pane at the top of the page. Oh, there's a little, um, little thing. Sort of, uh, yes. mag magnifying glass? Yes. yes. Uh, I thought we were going to say magnetic. Magnetic. Yes, it's sealed by magnetics. Um, and volume three <laughs> is out this week, so go and get on it. And if you've not heard the previous ones, get on those too. Why not, eh? Can't think of a reason why not. Coming up now, your chance to get 25% off a randomly selected Big Finish release. Cue the Randomoid Selectatron. Okay, it's 5.8 Doctor Who Short Trips Foreshadowing, which is an eighth wow. Doctor and Charlie Pollard story. Mm, yes, 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 yes. And it's uh, narrated by India Fisher, of course, who is fantastic, directed by Lisa Bauman. Uh, yeah, who's the writer of this one? Diggity-doo, diggity-day. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo-boo. Julian Richards. The son of the great writer Justin Richards, I believe. <gasps> Let's have a listen to the trailer. Big Finish presents Doctor Who Short Trips Foreshadowing The lieutenant felt he was expected to say something at this point. I just need you to tell me how you got in here and why. And whether you had anything to do with the incident on the training exercise yesterday. What incident on the training exercise? Charlie asked. But the doctor interrupted before the lieutenant could answer. Incident on the training exercise! Ah, now I know when we are. Well, that explains why there's an army lieutenant on an RAF base. And it means that you can rest assured that the incident had nothing to do with us. It'll all get sorted out soon, I'm sure. 
It is nothing to do with us, then. Charlie seemed to be looking for reassurance. Of course it isn't, the doctor said. We only got here this morning. And besides, the time roach is hardly going to be interested in fighter jets, is it? If he'd been more awake, the lieutenant might have remembered that he'd not mentioned fighter jets. But it was nearly 3am, and he'd been having a very difficult night. So he just said, I still need to know what you were doing here, how you got in... And I assume I'll need to know what in God's name a time roach is. Big finish. We love stories. So there you have it. A young lieutenant is sent to interrogate two strangers who were apprehended whilst intruding at a secure RAF base. The man seems strangely familiar, could pass for Lord Byron, and says he's an alien. Meanwhile, his female friend is apparently from 1930, as the lieutenant tries to find out what they're doing on his base something connects them with a strange incident earlier in the day. Stories of a giant insect. So there you have it. And you can get uh, 25% off that. All you have to do is go to the Big Finish website and you can either look in the Big Finish podcast range or click the podcast button right at the top of the page, the home page, or indeed, or, or any page, frankly, or indeed, this explanation so clear, isn't it? Go swipe down a little bit on the home page and you'll see latest podcast and there it'll be and you just click on the text there and what you'll find is a little phrase that says, the Random Boys Electricon Electricon. So it's not a con. It's absolutely. Uh, it, it also features. It is legit. It's legit. Yes, uh, you can take that from Benji. Offering you a twenty-five percent reduction on the selected release. Just click here and enter the offer code Buck Up. That's B U C K U P. All one word, all capital letters. That's all you have to do. And when it says just click here, you just click the word here. It's very simple. Very simple. And it's worth doing, frankly, for 25% off. Well, you Lovely. know, you'd be, you'd be a fool not to. You fool! You old fool! Well, it's time now for us to say goodbye in a manner of our own choosing. So, Benji, how are you going to say goodbye? I'm going to say goodbye um, as a man who, or a woman, it could be anybody really, um, who is stuck inside a fish tank. And is trying to escape. See, it's right. Oh, yeah. And how are you going to do that? That's my. That's good. That that sounded a bit like um, Zippy from Rainbow. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've no idea what I'm going to do it as. Um, it's too late to ask for emails about it, isn't it? So, I'm going to. Uh, oh, I've got a thermal sock here. <laughs> I'm going to do it as someone talking through a thermal sock, which sounds almost exactly, exactly the, the same. same. <laughs> There's no difference. Now you heard it here first. Talking through a thermal sock is absolutely the same as normal talking. Maybe double it up a bit. You know, fold it a few <laughs> times. Before. There, yeah, that's better. Well done. Well done. Pointless exercise. <laughs> and while we're away, why not treat yourself with the first 15 minutes of our upcoming third volume of The Prisoner, Free for All? Oh no, not another election!
Evening number six. Enjoying a relaxing stroll? I was. I'm the new number two. Who is number one? Uh, now, now. You know, we really should have a chat. What's on offer? Another trip to the moon? <laughs> Something a little more down to earth. What was that? What was what? Are you seriously telling me you can't hear that? Oh, that? Aren't you a member? A member of what? The VRA, brother. V-R-A. Surprise me. Village Rifle Association. Want to join? You allow guns in the village? Well, sure. Aren't you worried someone might use one to fight their way out? <laughs> They're used under strict supervision. We like our citizens to have a full range of self-expression. Want to come and see? Why not? Hop in. Bad. Try again. Okay. Don't grip it too tightly. Of course. <laughs> Sorry. Lean in, breathe out slowly, and squeeze the trigger. Right. Now let's reload, shall we? Impressed? What are you up to? I believe you were quite the crack shot in your day. In my day? A dead shot. No comment. It's in your files, surely. <laughs> I was hoping we could chat over old times. Files are files, but real information comes from, begging your pardon, the horse's mouth. Well, you can lead me to water, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, very droll. <laughs> Not very impressive. What isn't? Your first try. Still, you're new here, so perhaps it's worth my time to make a few things clear. Really? Yes. It might save you some bitter disappointment further along the line. I mean, you could gather all this from the files, but I'm happy to give it to you straight from the horse's mouth. Oh, do proceed, number six. To recap, I won't be pushed, stamped, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. I'm not a number, I'm a person. And you won't hold me here. I'm going to escape. <laughs> and when I do, I'm going to come back and wipe this place off the face of the earth. Did you get that? Good morning, good morning, good morning. And what a beautiful... 
That's a matter of opinion. Democracy. This place is six. What is your number? There's something wrong with my television. Get me the maintenance department. What is wrong with your television number six? It won't stay switched off. You mustn't switch off your television. Why not? Switching off your television is not good for democracy. What? And today is a beautiful day for democracy. <sighs> citizens. Stand by for a party political broadcast on behalf of number two. <laughs> good morning, citizens. I am the new number two. And for the good of you all, I wanted to stay that way. In the coming election, election, I shall be asking for a strong mandate to continue as we are. Strong, secure, happy. Free from the malign influence of outsiders. Free from the poison of radical and reckless ideas. Now, I'm speaking to you today to set out my vision for continued life and happiness in the village. I'm aware there may be some of you who may have many different voices and views in the debate that is to come. Good morning, number six. And how are you on this beautiful morning? I don't believe I said come in. Don't you? Fascinating what we believe, is it not? It's not a question of belief. It's a question of fact. Oh, if you say so, if you say so, I haven't come here for an argument. You can leave anytime you like. Quite the opposite, in fact. Oh, this bit's good. I have come to know many of you, and I'm pleased to say that I can even call some of you friend. Did you like that part? The human touch? What's it going to be this time? More brainwashing? More fake journeys to London? You still think we fake things? Oh, do you think they put too much makeup on me? I was worried about the light showing up unnecessary wrinkles and blotches. So, you're having an election, are you? That's right. A democratic election? What other kind is there? A rigged election? Oh, number six, a very thought. You think you might not win? At the moment, I know I'm going to win. Yes. They do say a confident candidate plays well with the electorate. Oh, <laughs> it's not just that. It's just a question of fact, as you so succinctly said just now. So, it's rigged. Am I supposed to be surprised? Outraged? Aren't you? I'm bored with your tricks. <laughs> Disillusion with the democratic process, huh? Oh, that's terribly bad for democracy, you know. There is no democracy here. I agree. 
Then what? Not until there's at least one more candidate. Vote for number two. Vote for two. Vote for two. Vote for two. And if it doesn't stay off this time, I'll put my foot through it. I'll overlook that in the interests of democracy. Surely putting your foot through a television screen is an expression of free will. Isn't that what democracy is all about? I see you have an interest in politics. See what you like. But should freedom allow us the freedom to destroy, to create anarchy and instability? You tell me you're the politician, apparently. Yes, that's a good point. That's how people see me, part of the body politic, part of the establishment. You think they might want something new? Yes, interesting. I must talk to my campaign strategists about that, just in case. Just in case of what? Hmm? Oh, in the unlikely event another candidate decides to stand. You know, if I didn't know better, I'd swear you were trying to suggest that I should put myself forward as a candidate. Dear me, number six, what strange ideas you have. Excuse me, do you mind if we take a few pictures, ask a few questions, film an interview? Oh, well, I... I'll leave you to your public. No, it's you I'm talking to, number six. What? What the hell do you want to talk to me about? Perhaps you'd like to ask me about my manifesto. We've already covered that, Mum, but number six is breaking news. <sighs> breaking? What are you... I... Can you confirm or deny the rumours that you're standing for the office of number two, number six? Rumours? You sly dog. You'd already registered your candidacy. I haven't a clue what she's talking about. Oh, too late to deny it now, number six. Do I put that down as a no comment, number six? Set up the camera. Start rolling. This is dynamite. <coughs> rolling. Don't point that thing at me. I'm here now with number six, who, if he gets his way, may soon be changing his number to two. This is ridiculous. And what particular aspects of number two's current administration do you find ridiculous, number six? That's not what I said. So you're now withdrawing that claim? There's nothing to withdraw. When will you be releasing your manifesto? Would you like me to smash that camera? <laughs> Fighting talk there from number six. OK, cut there. Cut. This is very exciting stuff, you know. There hasn't been a second candidate in living memory. You're telling me there have been elections here before? Oh, yeah, but nobody else stands. This could change everything. In what way? Nothing here ever changes. Well, if you end up in the Green Dome, then you make all the big decisions, don't you? You expect me to believe that? What the hell's going on? That'll be number two's rally. She started it early, trying to overshadow you. You've got her scared. OK, team, let's go. On my way. <laughs> running ahead of schedule in an attempt to draw attention away from the shock announcement of a challenging candidate, number six. <sighs> Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for supporting me and my vision for the future. Remember, with me, you will always be free from danger, free from risk, free from outsiders, free for all. What the hell does that even mean? Who is it? Someone who can help. I don't need any help. I think you do. 
You're entitled to your opinion, I suppose. Aren't you going to let me in? No. The door usually opens of its own accord. You must have done something to upset it. Please? No. Please? Please go away. You said you wanted to leave this place and come back and wipe it off the face of the earth. How intriguing. Is that going to be in your manifesto? There is no manifesto. I think there is. Thank you. I didn't open it. It must have known you wanted me to come in. I didn't. I don't. Call it fate, then. Call it what you like. I don't want you to come in. Please leave. What if you could get elected? Here? A real election? Don't make me laugh. Isn't it worth a try? They're trying to trick me into it. You're trying to trick me into it. I'm nothing to do with them. Everyone here is to do with them. Them? But who? Don't you know? No. Do you? Have we met before? No. Hmm. How do you think you can help? I could be your campaign manager. Is that what you were before you came here? A campaign manager? I won't talk about what I did, what I was before I came here. Your choice. But what are your qualifications? I work in the records department at the village hall. That's how I knew what you said about escaping and wiping this place off the face of the earth. I collate files, type up reports. It's mostly mind-numbing, but... Your stuff never is. What are you, my biggest fan? The fact that you, someone fights back. That, it keeps me sane. Thanks for the flattery, but I'd still like you to leave. And you join us for the first of our elections <sighs> here in front of a live studio audience. This is my third election campaign here in our village. And as usual, there is only one candidate. But this time, there are explosive rumours that there's change in the air. I'm joined by number two. Lovely to be here, number 999. Let's get straight to these rumours. Oh, let's not. I'm afraid I must insist, number two. I, I don't think you're in any position to insist. I am number two, after all. So you're suppressing free speech, is that it? I... No, it's simply that I don't see it as my place to comment on fabricated rumors about a mystery candidate who hasn't even declared himself and probably doesn't even exist. But he does exist. I spoke to him myself earlier today. You yourself were with him. I think we both know that number... That particular number certainly doesn't have the guts to stand up and be counted. He's far too surly and caught up in his own personal neuroses. No... I think that the citizens of our beautiful community here know that I will deliver what I promise. Freedom from danger, freedom from risk, freedom from outsiders, freedom for all. With respect, I think perhaps some of our citizens might be interested in something more than just slogans. <laughs> Getting quite a roasting, isn't she? Well, number 999, I think... I think that everyone watching will understand that these aren't just empty slogans. Really? 
I wonder how long before we see number 999's head on a spike outside the Green Dome. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Why not rate, review and subscribe? It just, just, just seems obvious to me. I can't, I can't think of any reason yeah. why not. Yeah.